What's going on, everybody? It is KC Washak here, co-creator of the Fit and 42, and your host, your captain, your navigator to the Fit and 42 life. Guys, a couple quick announcements. One being, if you are getting value from this podcast and you are learning a thing or two, please pass this podcast along to your friends and family because that's what Fit and 42 life is all about. It is about becoming better versions of ourselves and spreading the message and helping people along the way. So please do me a favor, share this with your friends and family, as well as please rate this podcast. Let me know what you think. It really helps more people get eyes and ears on this podcast. And the second announcement I want to do today is we now have a sponsor for our podcast. The Fit and 42 Life's sponsor is none other than fitin42supplements.com. Now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that I have a vested interest in fitin42supplements.com. Now, the reason why I am making our supplement company a sponsor is because There is no topic I get more questions on than supplements. And nine times out of ten, many of the questions I'm getting are after people have purchased something. Now, I'm definitely going to do a future podcast that dives deeper into uh, this topic, but for the time being, Jerry and I wouldn't put our names on something we didn't 100% believe in. It's all we carry in our gyms. It's what I recommend to friends and family because we've done our due diligence. We've partnered with the manufacturer, and we are only providing quality supplements to our members, our friends, and even my family. My kids take the stuff. I take the stuff. My wife takes the stuff. So I would not do anything or put my name on anything I didn't truly believe in. So if you are looking for specific supplements, which I personally believe 99.9% of the population should be taking supplements, but as I like to call it, and once again, I'll go deeper into this in a future podcast, I like to call it nutritional support. Listen, we aren't getting all the nutrients we should be getting through our food, so we need to support that with supplementation. All right? So, if you, once again, if you are looking for some sort of supplements uh, in your life, go to fitin42supplements.com, type in the promo code podcast, and you will get 10% off your supplements. All right, guys. So, fitin42supplements.com, the promo code podcast will get you 10%
off your order. All right, guys, today is today's topic is something that I thought we buried into its grave a long time ago, but it's starting to rear its ugly head again, and I need to put this this topic out to pasture and finally put a nail in this coffin, and that is the idea of doing cardio for fat loss. All right, so you're going to be hearing a lot of analogies through this podcast um, because I feel, one, that's the best way to learn is to, to put an idea and tie it in with something that people can visualize and people can understand. My wife personally hates my analogies. Um, I'm always telling her, I'm like, look, it's kind of like this. She's like, don't tell me what it's like. Just tell me what it is. But, guys, I can't do that. Um, so you're going to be hearing a lot of analogies. All right? So let's get this thing started. You know, I hear this so often still. And I, like I said, I thought this died at least a decade ago, but it hasn't. I hear it when talking to someone who... um who is thinking about coming to us as a gym? They're like, you know, I need to, I need to start getting in shape and start running before I come see you guys. Or I hear friends and family like, for some reason, running is the first, um, first method they want to use in order to get into shape. And when I use that term, get into shape. What I really mean is uh, they want to drop some weight. They they want to um, lose some fat. All right? So that is the angle I'm coming at with this podcast is the idea of losing fat using cardio. All right? So let's talk about this. All right, first off, <clears throat> let me tell you why this idea is flawed. All right? First off, there is no such thing as a quote-unquote fat-burning zone, all right? Um, there's low-intensity exercise. There's high-intensity exercise. Now, when you do low-intensity exercise, it is true that you burn more fat calories, all right? So uh, I believe it's about 50% of the calories you burn will come from fat at low intensity, all right? Here's the problem with that, though. When you do high-intensity workouts, like HIIT workouts, which means high-intensity interval training, you burn like three times more calories, and you burn about, well, 35% of your calories that you burn come from fat. So let's just do this. So if I did a low-intensity workout and I burned 200 calories, 300, let's say, let's say 300, 150 calories that I burn will come from fat, all right? Um, that's about like an 
like an hour, at least an hour of ex, uh, low intensity exercise to burn about 300 calories. Now, if I take that same hour and I do a high intensity interval training, it is not uncommon to hit near a thousand calories. So let's say I hit 900 calories in an hour of a high intensity interval training workout, but only 35% comes from fat. That's still over double the amount of calories I burned doing a low-intensity workout. And what I mean is that's double the amount of fat calories I burned, just to be clear on that. But here's the thing, too. There are a lot more benefits coming from a high-intensity workout that have more that don't just pertain to fat loss. You're building muscle. You're building muscle endurance that you're not getting from low-intensity workouts. Let me also address this. The minute you stop that low-intensity workout, let's say you're plodding along on a treadmill and you're able to hold a conversation, which means you're pretty much doing low-intensity the minute you step off that treadmill, calorie burning has ceased. All right? So it's <clears throat> the minute you stop moving, let me repeat that, calorie burning has ceased. When you do a high-intensity workout, there's something called EPOC, exercise post-oxygen consumption. What that means is, you revved up your metabolism from doing that hour-long high-intensity interval training. That you will, your metabolism will be raised for up to 36 hours after your workout. So the amount of calories, so the minute you're done, you're still burning. You're like a wind-up toy. You wound it up. You just kept winding for that hour, and then when you're done, you let it go, and it's still going. It's still burning. It's like a snowball effect. Another problem with doing cardio for fat loss is the fact that our, our body is constantly trying to get back to homeostasis. It's trying to get back to quote-unquote normal. So if you've never run before and you, you say to me, Casey, i got to get in this shape before uh, uh, I come see you guys, and you put on those running shoes, and you hit the pavement, that first run, let's just say you run a mile. Well, we'll that first run is going to be excruciating for you. It's going to be tough. But you'll start to notice the more you do it, 
the easier it becomes. And that's your body going back to homeostasis, going back to normal, creating creating status quo. Your body is going to adapt to whatever stress you put it under. So the problem that most people have with doing cardio for fat loss is they pick a track, they pick a speed on a treadmill, they pick a distance, and that's what they do repetitively over and over and over again. And like I said, what happens is the the first time you do it, it's the hardest time. And then it slowly becomes easier and easier and easier until you're doing it half asleep with your eyes closed. Now what's happening is, as I've said, your body is adapting. So when it adapts, it doesn't burn as many calories anymore. So the only way to get better and to continually burn some sort of calories when doing cardio is to change at least one of the variables. So if you're on a treadmill and you only run for a half hour, let's say, or an hour, you need to up the speed a little bit every time you get on. Increase the incline a little bit every time you get on. Increase the distance you go every time you get on. Something needs to change to to create some sort of strife for your body. Your body needs to have to work harder in some facet because all your body's trying to do is make whatever you're doing the new normal. Now, that's one of the differences when you are training. That's a huge difference when you're training because there's so many variables you can change. You can lift a little heavier. You can lift a little faster. You can lift a little longer. You can start pairing up exercises. You can shorten your rest periods. There's so many different variables you can change in order to continually make things more challenging for you. And so that, it, by definition, that is hit high intensity, creating more intensity by just tweaking variables and making it so your body is constantly trying to adapt. Now, another issue, going back to the idea that you're just going to slap on some running shoes and then go for a mile jog is if you came to the gym for the first time and said, Casey, I'm ready to get in shape. And I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. I want you to do a thousand mini lunges per leg. Go. That'll be the last time I see you. But to run a mile, jog a mile, whatever, takes about 2,000 steps, all right? And so 
what we're talking about is somebody who just decided to start using cardio for fat loss, and they said, you know what, today's the day, I'm going to get myself in shape, I'm going to put on the running shoes, I'm going to go for a mile run. What you're really doing, A, your body's not prepped for it, you haven't done it, you haven't built up the muscles around your joints and ligaments, you haven't strengthened anything, so you are going to be a structural mess. to go from zero straight to running. And like I said, that's about 2,000 steps in order to hit a mile. So that's about 1,000 mini lunges per leg. And on top of it, here's another fun stat for you. For every 10 pounds you're overweight, creates 40 pounds of pressure in your knee and ankle joints. So if you're stepping on the scale and you're 30 pounds overweight, there's an extra 120 pounds of pressure going on your knee and ankle joint every step you do when you're running or jogging. So, knowing that, would that be where we want to start? Probably not. Because I'll tell you, in our gym, you're really not, I mean, there's times, but you're not doing over 10 lunges per leg. We might have you do three sets. So, a total of 30. But what we did was we rested in between. We did other things. So, 30 sounds a lot better than a thousand lunges in a controlled environment, in, in an environment where somebody's watching you. So, already, hopefully, you're understanding why this is such a pet peeve for me, because um, this isn't the right tool for the job. Cardio for fat loss is very silly. It's like saying, you know what? That's it. Uh, I'm going to, I, you know, this year I, I'm going to make a million dollars. And my strategy is to scour parking lots for change. That's going to be my strategy to become a millionaire. You're never going to hit that goal. And if you do hit that goal, it's going to take you so long to do it. Now, I didn't even get into the fact that... um, When you do a lot of, like, one of my favorite things to do to people who um, are really sold on this idea of doing what we call LSD. Like, LSD is never good for you, right? But LSD in the fitness industry stands for long, slow distance. It's never good to do LSD. Unless you're an endurance athlete. 
And we're not talking about endurance athletes right now. We're talking about people who feel like they need to drop some weight and they want to get in a little better shape and um, they want to use cardio to do it. So LSD, long, slow distance, or cardio, starts breaking down your muscle. Because when you're doing low-intensity exercise, you're not really challenging the body, the structure, the muscles themselves. You're challenging the heart and lungs, and you're really not even challenging them that much. But what happens is your body starts breaking down muscle for fuel. Now, one of my favorite things to do, like I said, is to Google marathon runner's body versus sprinter's body. And there's this picture that will come up of this of this real skinny, frail-looking man jogging compared to a sprinter right next to him. And what I normally do is I pull up this picture and I just, whether it's a man or woman, because the picture is two men, but it doesn't matter if I'm speaking with a man or woman, I just say, which would you rather look like? <laughs> it's universal. It's universal. Everyone picks a sprinter's body. Now, I'm probably going to get a message from one person saying, you know what, I really find that marathon runner's body attractive and uh, good for you, you know, to each his own. But 99.9% of the population, in my opinion, should not be doing cardio for fat loss. Um, and here's, you know what, I think I want to end it on this. Um, do you know how hard it is? For me, just to get people to commit to working out, it's extremely hard. Do you know the most common reason people aren't currently working out? It's because they don't have a lot of time. We have so much on our plates these days, no pun intended, that like we... We, as a society, have a hard time finding an hour or so to to dedicate to us a few times a week. And then, so to to waste it on something that, one, doesn't burn a lot of calories to begin with. Two, the minute you stop... you're no longer burning calories. Three, you're damaging your joints. Four, it's starting to actually cannibalize the muscle you have if if you do too much of it. Like, this doesn't sound like a good idea. So what I would rather do, if you have three hours a week 
to dedicate to fitness, cardio wouldn't even be on my list. Because here's the crazy thing. When you're doing exercise that ramps up your heart rate, then you you take a break for a minute or so, let it come back down. Then you ramp it up again. You let it come back down. Then you ramp it up again. You let it come back down. Repeat over and over again. Guess what happens? Your body is still trying to adapt to that. So working out in a higher intensity for, let's say, three hours a week, At any given point in time, you could throw on running shoes and you'll be okay because you've structurally strengthened your body to be able to handle that. Because what you've done is something way harder at first. So it's easy to downshift. Like I always say, a sprinter can downshift and jog. For a long time. Because they've trained their bodies to do something way harder. Now a jogger on the other hand, it's so much harder to switch gears and go fast when you've trained your body to only go slow. Now... For some of you guys who are already doing HIIT workouts and maybe who um, who work out in our gyms, and if you're listening, think about this. You know, we use um, we use a a system called MyZone, which shows you your heart rates um, as you're working out. So you can really monitor your heart rates, find out if you are elevating your heart rate and getting getting more of a hit workout, or if you're slacking, or if you're going too hard. So it gives us a lot of data as we are in the midst of exercise. So, but here's the thing: for my members who are listening and who are very aware and understand how my zone works. Imagine doing an hour at 55 to 65% and paying for that. Um, You wouldn't be our member anymore. You would be like, this is ridiculous. I could read a book during this workout. This This isn't a workout. Imagine doing our warm-up for an hour. Same thing. So just think about that for a second. You've trained your body harder and worked more efficiently so it's easy to scale down and go low intensity. So once again, this whole podcast is about Using cardio for fat loss. I'm not saying never to do cardio, but if you're using cardio for fat loss, you're silly. You're silly, and I hope this this podcast sheds light on it. 
Now, if you like to go for a run to clear your mind, or you like to go hiking with friends and family, that's what I like to call active rest. Guys, on a daily basis, I've been doing jiu-jitsu, and I am not recovering like I used to. I'm trying my best. But one of the things I do after a hard night of jiu-jitsu, I wake up and I feel like the Tin Man. What I do is I actually jog uh, for about 15, 20 minutes the next morning. It's low intensity. It, um, I'm not going at a super fast pace, but I, I'm just moving. But I'm not doing it for fat loss. I'm doing it just to be able to move, to, to prep myself for my workout. And then, yes, then I do a more um, streamlined approach, if you will. I move my body in different planes of motion, left, right, forward, back, up, down, to make sure everything's prepped for my workout. But I just like to do the jog just to, to, to grease the joints. So, but I'm not using it for fat loss. Now, we have a lot of Spartan racers in our gyms. And here's the thing. A lot of you guys, the most running you've done before you did a Spartan race with us was a couple laps around, around the building and stuff like that. And you, and you accomplished and you completed the Spartan with no problem. Now, if you're doing a Spartan race or a triathlon or a marathon or anything very, um, uh, like you're actually competing and trying to win, you absolutely need to do some cardio. But that is now what this podcast is about. This podcast, once again, is to hopefully destroy and finally put the nail in the coffin as to why you should not do cardio for fat loss. So hopefully, guys, I have made my point, and I hope you will pass this along because this is still something that's out there, and I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Uh, just I, I was visiting some family not too long ago, and they're like, you know what, I need to get back into the gym, but I should start running first. And um, <clears throat> this this podcast skirts one of the rules I've made for myself. Um, in in being a trainer for about twenty years now, one of the rules I'm I made for myself is I will not judge, or or I will not give my opinion unless you're paying me. So this podcast kind of skirts it. <laughs> so I did not, um, I, I ended up talking a lot about keto and, and I said, Hey, you know, if it works for you, but if you're paying me, I'm going to give you my absolutely undivided attention and give you the best strategy to accomplishing your goals. 
this podcast, like I said, skirts that a little bit. I give a lot of opinion, and a lot of opinion is what I feel most people should be doing. So, guys, as always, if you got value from this, please pass this along, especially this topic. Um, this needs to be put to rest, and this people need to stop doing this and, and plodding along. And, I mean, if you've gone to a big gym, what you'll normally see is, the, you know, and it's, this is no judgment, but the people who are newer in the gym and probably a little more out of shape are on the cardio equipment. And the more in shape people are out using the weights. And I understand, and, and I mean, like, big gyms are flawed. In, in how they do things, and I mean, that's a whole scam in itself that I, I can probably hit on some of the time, but people tend to gravitate to what they know they can do, and that's cardio, but what ends up happening, especially around the new year, is people say, I want to get in the shape, they start doing cardio, and then what happens? They just get discouraged when they're not inching towards their goal. And it's because of how they were approaching fat loss and the tools they were using. All right, guys, take care, keep living your best life, and I'll talk to you soon.